Gonna Go Pizza presents SCP. The Steve Dangle Podcast with your hosts, Steve Dangle and Adam Wilde. Okay, so we've done this show for ooh, th- uh, three, three years? years and a couple months. Mm. And and I never, we've had tons of guests on. We've had everyone from Elliot Friedman to Richard Petty to Jeff Merrick to Brent, Ben Scrivens recently. Jake and Smallwood. That's right. We had that guy. Uh, no, that kid. He was the best. Uh, he was. really was a great kid. But the, <laughs> the, the one thing that I have never seen from Steve is the just the outright ridiculous excitement that we have for today's guest. And before I bring her on... I want to I want to talk about a little conversation we had this morning. Oh, so, great, great, that's good. So Steve Steve was up early, um, mm-hmm. and I, I can always tell when Steve's up early because Steve's messaging us in the morning. If we hear if we hear, if Jesse and I hear nothing from Steve in the morning, it's because Steve's sleeping. Uh, but if he's <laughs> but if he's up early and working, he's like, which is fine. Uh, so so I asked I, I asked the question when I woke up this morning at eight thirty. I thought, okay, so are we doing this? Are we doing this show at seven p.m. or are we doing it at noon? And Steve's like, noon. Christina Rutherford's on. <laughs> now, we've been preparing for Christina Rutherford to be on for a month. And I know... You are the nice. Frank Ocean album of guests. Yeah. Oh, and I know... I knew you were going to be on. I was like, yeah, I, I know. I just wanted to know the time. He's like, Christina Rutherford, she's going to be on. Here's what I did. So... Without any further ado, Christina Rutherford, welcome to the Steve Nagel Podcast. Long overdue. It now, before I before I we we fully introduce you, can you run down your job description because I I don't know what your specific title is. I just know stuff about you. Okay, it's all I ever say is she's great. She, yeah, uh, yeah. She works for sports. She's great. Okay. Um, writer. I'm a writer for Sportsnet Magazine and Sportsnet.ca. That's it. Amazing. Boom. Boom. Mm-hmm. You enjoying it? Mm-hmm. Cool. It's so fun. Well, it's I would I ran down your your articles in the last week, week and a half. Mm-hmm. And it's like yeah, it's I've like baseball, tennis, baseball, yeah. football. Like it's, it's like all over the you're place. everything. And that has to be quite the balancing act. Yeah. Well, it's actually fun too. Like last week I was covering golf and tennis. Yeah. And then like day to day baseball. Yeah. So you actually don't know a lot about one thing. You know what I mean? You know very little about everything. I disagree. I don't, I don't know if I would want to admit that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Journalist Christina I'm Rutherford. Being honest, I'm just being honest. I mean, I can float into I, I float into an area, and maybe at one point I know all of Yager's stats, and then it just empties from my brain, and then all I know is about Brooke Henderson or Milos Raonic or whoever it is, and mm-hmm. then it just it empties. It's a bad memory too. Bad it's memory. like that's like me in long division. That's right? a lot of the things from elementary school just tumbled out, and now I know Aki Berg was drafted top five. <laughs> like, it's just, oh it's just there. Yeah, um, useless information. Mm-hmm. It's no, it's not useless at all. Okay. So you're you're. Uh, see, I know you don't like getting your tires pumped, but oh, Steve has a huge work crush on you. Really? I do. Like he just, I, I have, again, I've never seen Steve That's so excited. Crazy. I do because you know you're, my mind. You're what every and like okay, I know a lot of like aspiring um, sports journalists or sports writers or even YouTube commentators, whatever, watch this show. And I think you are what they should strive to be, which is which is well-rounded in, in what you can I talk about. Okay. Well, no, like you, okay, you canceled on us. She's really uncomfortable with this. <laughs> I, know, I know you are. Yeah. You canceled on us to interview uh, Eugenie uh, Bouchard. Mm-hmm. I couldn't. Talk to Jenny Bouchard about anything tennis related because I barely know the difference between singles and doubles. Okay. Like, and then the next day you you can write a full article on baseball. Toronto Maple Leafs, I mean. 
I, I am, I you know, know one thing and I do it well, I think. <laughs> yeah. YouTube videos. That's valuable. I think it's valuable, I guess, but um, you, what you do do extremely well and you don't need to know any one sport particularly well to ace this is people and interesting stories. Thanks. Like I was listening, I like to think of myself as a Shannon Zabados fan, for example. Right? And lovely lady. Of, lovely. Of course, lady. you know she's a lovely lady because yeah. you spoke to her. Mm-hmm. And and um, like you were talking about, they give a sermon before the games that she plays in. It is insane. Yeah. So I went to Columbus, which I originally thought was in Ohio, but it's not. It's in Georgia. There's a Columbus in Georgia. I almost booked a flight. Yeah, there's another one of my strengths. I almost booked a flight <laughs> to, yeah. Um, anyway, it's in Georgia, and before every game there, they have um, a pastor who comes out on the ice and does a prayer. Like, it's insane. And then the team skates through this inflatable blue snake head, and there's lights, and there's smoke, and, like, I wanted to be on the team so badly. Oh. It's, like, the coolest experience ever. Hockey in the Deep South, and she's, you know, the one female in the league, so obviously a really unique experience for her, that to makes, say the least. Like, the whole time I thought they played in Columbus, too. Right? And it never occurred to me that it would be weird that Columbus, Ohio has an SPHL team, a right? Southern Pacific Hockey League team. Right. So right. when I pitched the story, so we have story meetings and we pitch stories, I also said, I can do something on the Blue Jackets while I'm there. <laughs> oh, no. And nobody, nobody said anything. So nobody, nobody knew. knew. <laughs> nobody knew. Yeah. So we're not alone. It's okay. Well, and that's the that's the thing that I think we're most excited to talk to you about today is you know the fact the way the way Steve describes you it's it's like you're a Vietnam vet. He's like she's seen she's been around she's seen some stuff. I'm old. And that's what I mean. No, it's yeah. not. That's when you're old. No, Jeff just Merrick's mean, old. Yeah, oh. yeah. I mean, and let's True. not even get into the the wrinkles on Wyshynski's face lately. Oh I mean, my come goodness! On. But um, wait till he comes back from real. But there's something I want to address. I, I think there's something we should address and. And uh, it's something that I think is is pretty obvious at this point to everybody. I, I you know, wonder what it is. Well, it's 25 degrees outside and you're wearing full jeans and you biked here. Like, I, I don't know. understand what the... I, I didn't even notice that. I forgot. What's wrong? Why, why do you make poor ones. life decisions? I know. I usually bring clothes and then I bike in other clothes and today I was too lazy to change. Right. Right. Lazy. Sorry. You're a bad athlete, but good at talking to athletes. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's good. You got to be a bit of a lunatic to talk to athletes. And I guess the the follow up to that is you know, obviously, you you have a a higher pitched vocal range. And uh, <laughs> and I think I mean well, let's just let's just nip that in the bud right now because there is there is times where I mean, God, people. It's so funny people when they with their voices. I've never seen people who are full of confidence crumble faster than when they hear their own voice recorded. It's unbelievable. You can't even imagine what it's like for me. I'm just kidding. It's not that no, bad. It's not I'm that used bad? to it. I'm oh. used to it. I'm you pretty, are now. It's quite yeah. jarring though. Like it's pretty jarring. Um I was actually in the tennis media center, I guess late last week, and they did a feature on Milo Shranich and I was in the car asking him questions mm-hmm. and one of my questions appeared on television, which I wasn't I didn't know that was happening, which is fine. Um, but the whole media center like whipped around and looked at me and I was like, It wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> there's like there's only one person that could have been, you know, it's right. me. Or a child. I mean, and there weren't any children in the car, so it was me. What it what what's great though about your story and about 
you as I imagine you next to these big lumbering athletes, right? These these guys who are mm. you know just going to choose like seven foot twelve. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, oh, and you know you're you're you're, yeah. you come this petite thing, and you're asking these hard hitting questions. <laughs> just petite. No, and I don't mean it in a bad way. I just you're asking these hard hitting questions. Sometimes hard hitting. Yeah, sometimes, and and they they got to look and, and go, geez, you know, <laughs> and yeah. and then you like you said these stories um, that you that you have to go into going into this situation of, of sorry, excuse me, going into, um, into these locker rooms, into the, the psyche of these people, uh, takes a real sort of special personality. When did you think that you were the type of person that would be capable of that? That's a good question. Okay. So I'd probably dial it right back to my first ever job was at the Oakville Beaver. Uh-huh. Great community. Yes. Wow. Right. Oakville Beaver. <laughs> I uh, loved it. Um, Such a good experience because it's such a small newspaper. So I was an intern there. The news guy got sick. Stephen Harper was rolling through town. I had to sit down with Stephen Harper, like sweaty intern. Yeah. Um, Your first interview with Stephen Harper? Not my first. Oh, okay. (laughs) First, I was like at art galleries or I don't even know what I was doing at. I don't know. Um, So, okay. First time I went into a pro locker room was... Damon Allen is from Oakville, and I was, I always wanted to cover sports, but I was on the art, arts and entertainment beat, mm-hmm. which did not go well for me. I once went to an art show, and I was like, oh, you guys are still setting up, and it was like a piece of art. Oh. But it was straws on a mat. In my defense, it was like straws on a mat. I thought they weren't That's done. a thing? Do you yeah. have a picture of that? No. I, I wish you, I I wish you did. I didn't think I had a... <laughs> phone back then you know like, yeah it was really long time. i don't think she wanted to commemorate that moment <laughs> that too. yeah that wasn't the right fit for me that was pretty clear anyway so i was kind of following damon allen a lot and he was about to break a passing record of some sort uh warren like, moon's yeah, passing record, of some yeah. sort all time okay big deal um so i went to the argo game that day and i think it was beth waldman if i remember correctly was the argo's pr woman and i told her I wanted to talk to him after the game and I had never been in a locker room before like I don't know anything um and she just put this pass around my neck and pushed me through the door and said keep your eyes on the ground <laughs> literally oh. literally um and I don't think I got the impression being in there that they hadn't seen a woman in that locker room in quite some time maybe ever I don't really know because there was like a bit of shock when I walked over and Damon Allen actually addressed it and he was like, oh my gosh, Christina, what, what, what can I, can I answer your questions? And I was like, sure. And there was like a scrum of people around him. Um, so I asked like four questions then ran out. But after that, I feel like everything else has been easy, you know, cause that was pretty, that was different. Once you get past like the first one. Yeah. And then you just get used to it. I think. Yeah. I mean, you're in somebody else's room. I I think about it a lot. I played hockey in university and we never had reporters walk in. I think if we did, we would all be like, this is our space. What are you doing here? Right. You know, so there is is kind of a sacred space, right? That's the athlete. That's your that's a home of your team. Yeah. Yeah. And it's become a little different, right? Like it seems like most teams have their locker room and then they have this space where they actually hang out. And this is where they go to talk to media and, and kind of put their stuff on. But they have this other area but anyway yeah so that's when i thought i guess i can do this because i just did because <laughs> you just walked in and did and it. it was awkward yeah mm-hmm. so yeah. wow and then that's the i think that's what we love your writing is is 
and you, you, this is the funniest thing, you know, I don't think we make enough of in this, in this age that we have, right. In this, in the era that we're in, uh, writing is so prolific, right? There's so much out there. We don't make enough of the great writers. There are a lot of people writing. There are not a lot of great writers. And one of the things that I think is a real shame, especially in sports writing, is the fact that we don't make superstars of the journalists anymore. We don't see, we don't, we don't pick those people out and go, these guys are the best ones. Uh, you know, some of them do, but I feel like it's, it's always like, well, you know, here's Ken Rosenthal, sorry, Rosenthal from, you know, from Fox and we like him and he blogs, but he doesn't write articles. Mm -hmm. And I think that we need to sort of get back to that because I think it's really quite important. And when, when, the thing about your writing is that it really pulls you right into the narrative. And, Thanks. and that's the, that's the fun thing about writing it. So when, when you talk about stories, when you look back on your career so far, who's the, what's the most, like the moment where you're like, wow, this is, I, I just got into that person's head and I'm going to write this story and I'm so excited about this. Or what, what mm. was that thing? That's a tough one. I might say Jose Canseco. Um, that's that's an interesting head to get into. <laughs> and did you get lost in that head? Because that's a scary head. It's just full I, of tweets. Yeah. yeah. No grammar. No I've, grammar. I've never had a more insane work experience than that. So I went to Las Vegas and spent two days with him. Um, maybe we'll just get this out of the way. He asked me to fake an orgasm on the golf course. Okay. <laughs> Why? You want to get what? I'm glad you addressed that. Uh, I mean, <laughs> all right, all right. So hold I on. Don't know if I all right, we're going to be here. This is a podcast. Right. This is not radio. This is not TV. Uh, so we got time. Mm, Tell mm. me what the circumstances were that led up to Jose Canseco asking you to do that. Okay, so there was a bit of a lead up in that. So I pitched a story on it. <laughs> I know. I'm, just I'm sorry. By this. Yeah, my mom was really shocked. I didn't do it for the record. Um. Couldn't, no. Uh, well, no. So, I pitched a story on him because he was tweeting about wanting to be invited to the All-Star Game. So, trying to get votes, even though he's not on the ballot. Trying to make his return. Um, and somehow I got a hold of his agent and I spoke to him on the phone. And he was like, oh, you're Canadian. Nobody will read it. Sure. Come on <laughs> down and visit. That was basically what he said. Like, you're from the podunk village worry. of Toronto. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so... I went with a photographer, and I think this was day one, actually. And he he really was intrigued by my voice, you know? He was talking about it a lot, and I was like, yeah, okay, um, you'll get used to it, I swear. And then he was golfing with these two kids that he played poker with. Like, I guess you could call them friends, but I probably wouldn't. They were just, like, so excited to be golfing with Jose Canseco, right? And his, his biceps are still, like double pythons, you know, and he's got these gleaming white teeth and this tan. You could just, like, throw him in a uniform and you wouldn't even flinch. Um, a walking baseball card. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Seriously. Or just, like, a big superhero cartoon. That's what he looks like. Um, so they were golfing, and I think he was, like, trying to impress his friends, and he was talking about my voice and trying to get me to say different things. <laughs> like, I'm not a parrot. Um... And and then he was like, oh, I wonder what it would sound like. And that's when he got oh, to. Oh, my God. And then he, so he wanted to turn it into like a 99 cent ringtone. You know, he had all these ideas for this money he could make. <laughs> <laughs> is this a so, movie? So, no? Jose, so his head is really full of tweets then, right? Because yeah. that's something he would tweet. 
Right? Like yeah. that's I'm gonna get people to say things. <laughs> no, but okay. And make it into a ringtone. I'm Jose Canseco. He, you should end every tweet with I'm Jose Canseco. Yes, he should. So I did not I did not pick him based on your question about whose head did I feel like I got into. I I spent two days with him and at the end of it, like I found that he was he's a really it was quite sad. Like he's lost everything. He doesn't really have family around him. He was about to sign this other baseball contract. And baseball's kind of destroyed him, and it's the love of his life. And he still felt like he could hit home runs, and he wanted this other chance. So it was a very sad story. But it did open with him asking me to fake an orgasm on right. the golf course. Did you, did you write that part? <laughs> yeah, okay. So I came back, and I think the magazine was like a year old, and I'd, I'd never really written anything that long before for it either. So this was all very new. And I told the editor-in-chief at that point, it was Steve Mache lovely guy Mm. um and he was like you have to put that in there and i was like "Ooh, i I really don't want to and then he said well what is the first thing if you're calling a friend and you're telling your friend about what happened what's the first and i was like you're you're right so yeah and and you led with that here and we were like instantly i I wanted to get it out of the way yeah Mm -hmm. so what did you I feel like, and and that's hold, not even one of the interviews I wanted to ask you about. No, I didn't even know you did no, that and I know you got like a list. We're gonna, <laughs> oh, we're gonna I know. I, so, I know, so but the the Jose can say the the thing about Jose Canseco is he seems like he's one of those people that's got a billion hanger honors, and you know there's people that just kind of you know that are just there to sap off the 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 success or former success of this guy who used to make a lot He's of money. One of those hippos that just sits in the river with a bunch of birds on his yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. They have yeah. a symbiotic relationship. I feel like and it's they just how, pick bugs off of him. Honestly, when I look at Justin Bieber and the way he's lived some of his life, I feel like he's going to be the same way. Honestly, no, no, no. This parallel. Uh, yeah. yeah. There, well, there is because these people, you know, that I, I feel like that with. I mean, th- there's a lot of celebrities that have that. Lindsay Lohan's another one. I think Justin could go either way, right? Lindsay Lohan's another one with these people around her that are just not great. And he seems like a guy that wants to do well, but just doesn't know how. Um, is he exhausting? Like, were you exhausted at the end of those two days? Yeah, of course. Well, it just takes, it took a lot of energy. It takes a lot of energy to hang out with somebody like that, right? Yeah. And there was one point we were shooting him and he had, he just showered and he had these potential business partners over and they were talking about money and he has this big dog and we wanted the dog in the picture and he just looked like this unhappy cartoon and we're trying to take pictures of him. Um, and at one point the photographer was like, can you smile? Can you put your shoulder down? Whatever photographers do to get their perfect shot. And he he kind of lost it on the photographer and he was like, you're not money, they're money, pointing at these business guys. So he was like, my focus is on these people because they could give me money and you're not paying me you know so wow. so that part you know imagine saying that. moody um, yeah but i really liked him is the thing like at the end of it i really liked him because i felt like he was i i can't properly explain it but i just felt like he so he had these people living at his house and they were friends of his ex-girlfriend like he's doing everything he can to help people. He goes to the batting cages and he met up with this kid with special needs mm-hmm. and it really wasn't like a politician photo op. He does this every week. Um, so I feel like there's a good person in there. It just doesn't know how to make that person he's, the person all the time. Yeah, and he's also, he's good at making money. Like, he he is. He's taking advantage of every opportunity, right? So his crazy persona on Twitter is just a crazy persona, you know? And it gets him attention. 
right? Because right. so he invites not, places. He's not really like that? He's a little bit like that. He's a little bit like that? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So he's not hamming it up that much? It's, it's like I think part of that's got to be authentic, right? Yeah. Like, you can't make that up. I don't want to defend him too much, but I, I don't want to rip him either, right? Like, he was genuine with me, and he was honest about about his life. And he's been bankrupt, and he's two divorces, and... He's also super inappropriate, but like I don't know, it's a balance between Does he seem all of that. Lonely? Is that why he has all these He's lonely, yeah. yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. And I don't know if he's still with. He just broken up with Layla, who was that after I left became his fiance. Oh, so, so they got back together. Yeah, oh, I don't that's know. Good. I don't. Yeah, it is nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he, his daughter. He really cares about his daughter, whose name is Josie, which is the best. Um, and I think she's a model or something. Yeah, she's an Instagram star. Yeah. 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 So anyway, mm-hmm. uh, but it's Josie long answer. Canseco. Sorry. Yeah. Right? Uh, sorry. Yeah, did you just get it? <laughs> get, oh wow! <laughs> that, as Christina pats it's him on the back. <laughs> I gotta get this coffee in me. It's Once one I, in the afternoon. I know. I know. No, I know. Sharp. Okay. Well, yeah. Was at the cottage all weekend. Mm, fair. <laughs> um, fair. Steve, you have a <laughs> bunch of of names in your in your mind that, and I'm going to give you a moment here because I know you're no, coughing. No, just um, <laughs> we've got about seven minutes here before we go to break on the first part of the first segment of the show. Um, what are those names that you want to talk to Christina about? We got to we got to go through this list. Like oh literally, we're just going to be that cut and dry about it. Um, wow. The okay, the top two. To prioritize, uh, Phil Kessel, mm-hmm, for sure. <laughs> you did a long one on Phil Kessel and John Scott, which uh, is one of the best damn things I've ever read. So, like it's just oh. such it's such a good feature. So, I'm so sorry. we're gonna do Phil now, and then when we come back from break, <laughs> when we come back from break, we'll do we'll do John Scott. But let's okay. talk about that Phil Kessel. Is it anything specifically? Well, one thing you sort of you started to touch on, and uh, Adam, but uh, a lot of people write. Today, a lot of people write. Uh, you know, and that's a good thing, by the way. Let me don't, don't please don't be offended yeah. by the fact that I said everybody writes and not everybody's good at professionally, it. Professionally, <laughs> there's amateurs. You know, people who are finding their way. Totally you know, development. The, the only way to become a better writer is to write. Exactly. Oh yeah, it takes time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm still working, you know, and I've been doing it for ten. Ooh, I don't know, a while. Your experience. It hasn't been ten years. Its, to be fair, yeah. it hasn't. No. I've been in broadcasting 10 years. It's not that bad. Is it? Okay. Yeah, it's not yeah, 10 but years. You're it's fine. you're freaking Doogie Hauser. <laughs> you started when you were 12. Yeah, yeah 18. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. But you, you, are, you are something that's, I think, rare today. And that's, you have writing that, I know, I'm sorry. You have writing that you need to make time for. You can't read it in passing. Mm. You, you can't, no, you have to, you're sitting down and enjoying this. You're, you're not, uh, this isn't. You're making time for it. Yeah. This yes. Mm-hmm. You have to make time. It's a feature. So, yeah. so and it's we, called The Big Read, That's isn't it? sort of what the magazine does, the right? Read. There's at least one story in every magazine where you just have to sit down and enjoy it. And they're always good. Like, not to pump our tires, but they're, well, we invest in them and we send people places and we do lots of interviews and, like, they're good stories. So, so. Phil Kessel, is, is he the most misunderstood sports uh, personality or non-personality, depending upon who you <laughs> ask, to come through Toronto ever? Ooh, ever in Toronto. He's up there. He's definitely up there. I think people just didn't know him while he was here. I think people still don't really know him because he doesn't really let you get to know him, right? Like he's he's kind of like a deer in headlights when you get a camera on him, which so, is what he was like in Toronto the whole time. He wasn't worth talking to, right, while he was here. He wasn't 
And quote. yet when he didn't talk and, and didn't was, give you the same damn quote night after night, yeah. people lost their minds. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And what I what I love so much about that article is is, you know, very early on in it, he's asking you, a reporter slash writer, why you're asking him questions. Yeah. <laughs> so what happened there? It like actually, yeah, let's I wanna know about all the behind the scenes stuff with this. Okay, so do you want how it started? Sure. Okay. Or, yeah. So it was supposed to be the Leafs were supposed to make the playoffs that year. I can't even remember what year it was. I want to say <laughs> doesn't matter. Yeah. I want to yeah. say 13, 14. Okay. The, the year after they made it. So oh, it was, the Clarkson years. Mm. Yeah. Year. It was looking like they were going to make it, and I actually got assigned this story by an editor. So he was going to be sort of our look at the Leafs heading into the playoffs, and then of course they go on this slide. But I was still kind of you know, pursuing an interview with him. And I'd spoken to his agent and his agent had said, yeah, Phil knows you're coming. You have 10 minutes today. Go to practice. I would show up at practice and Phil would disappear. And then I would ask Leafs PR and they'd be like, yeah, Phil's not talking today. And I would explain, you know, I spoke to his agent. Like I knew his agent's phone number off by heart at this point. Um, So that happened three times. And I remember James Reimer was like, don't take it personally. Tyler Bozak told me to change my story. And then my story kind of became... Told you to change your story. Yeah, he's like, maybe you should write about something else. Like, don't do it on Phil yeah, at all. Yeah, because he's not going to talk to you. And I was like... And that's... This is why we talk to you about him, Tyler, all the time. Right, yeah. yeah. That's Phil's real agent, or was. Yeah, yeah really. Exactly. His PR rep. Yeah. So then, of course, they don't make the playoffs, so we're not doing that story. I get a call from his agent in the summer, um, and he's like, okay, we have to get Phil in front of you. We know this is, like, three strikes, like... Just try once more. Go to this practice in the summer. It's training camp. So I go. And Phil is sitting there, and he's taking off his shin pads, and the the room's open. And he's always, like, the first guy off the ice. So usually he's not even there by the time the room's open. But the room's open. Um, so he pretended that he knew I was coming. And he was like, how, many, how long do you need? And I was like, 15 minutes? And then we sat down for an hour. Wow. And it yeah, and he was so candid. I'm going to stop you right there because it's a perfect tease to go into break with. <laughs> so what it was like, what candid Phil Kessel was like, we will talk about that net, next on uh, the Steve Dangle Podcast on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. And of course, if you download it on a podcast, it's podcast. And the internet. And the internet, LOL. We had just, we kind of just left you on a, on a cliffhanger. Christina Rutherford is in the studio. She's a writer for Sportsnet Magazine and Sportsnet.ca. And you do the longer pieces, the things where you get really in-depth with people. And one of the people you talked to, and Steve brought this up, was Phil Kessel. And so you you're, you go into this practice facility in the middle of the summer after missing him three times because he wouldn't talk to you. Mm-hmm. And then you walk up to his locker. You say, can I have 15 minutes because we want to do this? And he proceeds to talk to you for an hour. And you got probably the most candid Phil Kessel we might have had while he was in Toronto. That could be true. I don't know that he ever talked to anybody for longer than five minutes, you know, otherwise, while he was in Toronto. So, um, yeah, we kind of went around a corner, and he sat in a computer chair. We were outside the equipment room, and I had spoken, at this point, I had spoken to, honestly, ten people about him. So I'd spoken to Blake Wheeler, one of his best friends, and he was like, just talk to him about his dog. He'll talk for (laughs) days about his dog. So I think I started... I think I led with Stella, his dog, and then it just went from there. Like, I was just asking him weird questions, like, what's in your fridge? What's the last concert you went to? 
um, asking him about his siblings. His mom told me that he did gymnastics, and he was so embarrassed about that. He was quite the little gymnast. Um, he was like, don't, <laughs> don't put that in there. <laughs> Obviously, I did. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was like talking to your neighbor, almost, if you had a lot of weird questions for your neighbor. But it was very comfortable. I do. I have a few questions. What's in you. your fridge? <laughs> yeah. What, yeah. What, what do you think, you know, having that conversation with him, what do you think most people would be surprised about when it came to Phil? What was the thing that, you know, maybe there was a, there was a perception of lack of character, lack of care, like lack mm-hmm. of give a, give a S I we're on the radio part. So give I can't actually darn. say give a darn mm-hmm. um, to Phil. And, and I mean, we're not believers or subscribers to that on this podcast. We just think he was quiet and introverted, which people are. Yeah. What do you think was that, that thing that would surprise people? I think so. Part of it, I think part of the reason he was misunderstood is because he's super shy. And I think he has some kind of, I don't know, he just like freezes or I don't know what happens. Maybe he's getting a little more comfortable, but a lot of people are like that, right? In the spotlight. And he's in the biggest hockey market on the planet and he's the guy. Mm -hmm. And I feel like he just didn't handle it well. Um, But to question whether he cares, I mean, after talking to him, I would never question whether he cared. And you could like, I don't know, talk about his lack of back-checking, but if you if you listen to him talk about how much he cared about hockey in the city and the feeling of what it was like when they were in the playoffs, like, that's all he wanted, you know? And you could, you got that sense sitting down with him for sure. So that's one thing. But also that he has a personality at all. I think that's probably the most surprising thing because I don't think, um, I don't think fans ever saw that. You know, they didn't know Phil the way they knew Dion Phaneuf, or the way they thought they knew mm-hmm. Dion Phaneuf while he was here, you know? He just wasn't open about anything. That, that's how closed off Phil Kessel was, that you thought Dion Phaneuf was what he should strive <laughs> to be, <What>? personality-wise. <laughs> Didn't we see, like, we saw the inside of Dion Phaneuf's closet at one point? He had so many pairs oh, of shoes, I felt like I got to know him. Just yanking the teeth out of his head, though, Christina. Like, <laughs> he Phaneuf played ball. The one thing I will always respect mm-hmm. with him is he played ball. But God, you could tell he hated every second. Yeah. yeah. And Kessel wasn't about. He just wasn't even. He wasn't even yeah. going to show to the game. And, no. And Blake Wheeler actually called him a genius. He was like, he's so bad with the media that people at this point don't really want to talk to him. Like he's a genius. He just goes and hides, and they talk to somebody else. And it's true. That's what happened most of the time. Um. When when you specifically in that conversation, you know, in, in these conversations when you do interviews, right? Um, at least for me, they kind of flash, right? You you do it and they're done, and you're like, mm-hmm. "Holy smokes!" Unless it's a terrible interview, which, well, just happened. which I, yeah, yeah. Unless you're a terrible interview and you're live on camera, and five minutes feels like five years. But um, you know, when you're sitting down and you're actually you had a conversation with him, and there was no cameras there. Mm-hmm. What from that conversation that you had stood out specifically? Hmm. I think probably when he was talking about when he had cancer. Um, because we were kind of going through his career and leading up to everything. And, and he was kind of, he kind of glossed over that a little bit. Like he said, yeah, it was tough, but you do what you have to do. And then <laughs> the most Phil answer ever. <laughs> yeah. And it was very, yeah, it was like reverting oh, back you know, to <laughs> do what you got to do. <laughs> he, he, he talks about cancer. Like it was a bad pinch. Yeah. yeah. It was an inconvenience. Uh, like, honestly. He, he missed a pass. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, and his wow. mom had had told me, you know, she was never more proud of him than when he 
went up in front of a room of reporters and told people to get their checkups and and talked about his own experience. But um, at like nineteen, and Amazing. yeah, it, like crazy for him to to go through that. Um, obviously, but he sort of leaned back in his chair and then he was like, "Yeah, I cried." And he kind of talked about how emotional it was, and that surprised me because I thought I just never thought I was going to get. I don't know. I like we were talking about what's in his fridge and how much he loves his dog, and I didn't feel like we were going to get to anything kind of emotional. So that that surprised me for sure. That's interesting. That's really it's because he's he's just he's a bit of an enigma, even for the the and we and obviously we were always huge fans of him here, um, but he's still an enigma. He's still that, that there always that there's always going to be, and Steve did a video right after he left, you know, how we wasted that era and wasted that talent because we didn't surround him and mm-hmm. arguably did the same thing with Matt Sandin when he was here. Um, at you, least they got a couple conference finals. Yeah, for Sunday, sure. And, then, and they, by the way, could buy their way to that yes. at that point. Right. <laughs> um, but as soon as it came to, you know, having a, a real, an unbelievable talent, mm-hmm. he, we just didn't surround him with much. And, and it's, it's almost like a, what could have been. You know what if yeah. what if Phil Kessel was on the Leafs now? Mm-hmm. That's right. That's a good looking team. And, and the thing mm-hmm. is, the thing is, <laughs> they didn't have to trade him, and the Leafs would still probably look like the team they do right now. They maybe not have Austin Matthews. You know, you have thirty, forty more goals. You're probably not spending. You're you're not probably getting Austin Matthews, but you have Nylander, you have Marner, yeah. um, and it's it's a um, it's an interesting what if for mm-hmm. for this team. And obviously. He's gone on. He's won his cup, and that's amazing. Right, yeah. Do you when you saw him win? Were you like, hell yeah? Yeah, Good absolutely. Yeah, I was happy for him for sure. I mean, yeah, I liked him. I really liked him sitting down with him. It was it was a fun conversation, and honestly, there was no pretentiousness. Like I I didn't feel like I was sitting down with one of the best hockey players on the planet. Which sometimes when I am sitting down with one of the best hockey players. Oh, I know. I know that I'm sitting down. Right? And I did not. Honestly, he could have been my neighbor. That's how it felt. It was just like very comfortable conversation. And I like that about him, you know? Do you know about certain um, like legends about him? Like if they're true? Like there was one There was mm-hmm. one I heard where um, he didn't have time to clean his condo or whatever. Um, so he just left it really messy. And... Um, uh, you know the cleaning lady or whatever came in, and he's like, "Sorry, I left it so messy, and just left her a check for like four grand." Oh my gosh! Is that? Wow. Is that I didn't. I don't hear remember that. who I heard that from. I feel like that was on the podcast once. What? I don't remember a that. A long one. time ago. Well, it wouldn't be any shock if I didn't remember it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible memory, but uh, that's that's. I mean, that's that's one of those guys. You just we just wish. We could have seen, mm-hmm. could unlock that, and we saw it in Pittsburgh, and and it's kind of like another one in Toronto. Yeah, and and I would say, uh, you know, to the listeners not from Toronto, um, and some of the ones that are, you'd be surprised how many people in Toronto media, Toronto sports media, who are you know evil devil people. <laughs> I think the vast majority, well, it, in the eyes of people, right? Mm-hmm. I think the vast majority, when Kessel won, were like, yeah, that's awesome. Almost every single one I've talked to. I think there's there's two or three that really were not stoked about it. <laughs> and mm-hmm. that's who everyone associates Toronto with. Those I two think. or three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think he's just such a damn fantastic story. So let's, I mean, Steve, you brought it up. John Scott. Like... How is this not the most read sports article of, of all so time? So, what do you Whoa. love about this? Whoa. Let's talk about this. She went to Newfoundland and got screeched in with John Scott. And for everybody uh, that doesn't know what screeched in means, for our American listeners oh, yes. especially. 
Oh, so you go to Newfoundland and you become an honorary Newfoundlander by going to a bar. I believe you have to have some kind of piece of meat. I forget what it what it's is made. Is it of. not a trout? I have the worst memory too. It's like ham or something. Oh, right? but you fit it perfectly ham here. Ham that was on a stick or kibasa. It was ham or kibasa on a toothpick. Yeah, so I didn't you, even taste it. You eat the ham. You do. You I mean, do a little. You do drinking. a little song. We've been drinking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, in Newfoundland. I don't know. That's you, you do a little. You do a little dance in a song. Um, mm-hmm. You kiss a cod. Oh, that's a cod it. Fish yeah. on the mouth. On the mouth. And then you do a shot of Newfie Screech, which is uh, an especially strong rum mm-hmm. uh, that they have in Newfoundland. The percentage is only like 46%. Like, it's not like <laughs> 151 proof or anything. But um, kind of like a rocket going off in your head. There is something mm-hmm. magical about it. And then There's... you get a certificate for your fridge. Do you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We had ours like in this corner of the bar trying to keep them pristine, you know? Yeah. Don't spill anything. So hard. Let's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> laminate every one of them. Yeah, sure. right? Right there. Here's your placemat. So you did this you did this with John Scott. Yeah. Which is I mean, here's the thing. He we hated him after what he did to Kessel. Um, right, but then this year could. It's so funny how life works because we could not have been bigger fans of what happened with the All Star Game. It was the best, crazy fun. It was the best story for hockey. It and really was. It really and the NHL tried to get in the way of it, oh. and they traded them, and they did everything that they could to make that not happen because the NHL hates fun, and we know that. Mm-hmm. But uh, for you, when you talk to John, and, and, and this was before all of this, right? No, this was after. It was after. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. It was while so he was he with had, the St. John's Ice Caps. Yeah, he'd just been, I think he'd been there a week when we got there, or oh two. Oh, God. Yeah. So right at the height of it. At the height of it, yeah. Yeah. Tell me. Tell us. Okay. What do we need to know? So, yeah, John Scott, I, I don't want to use the neighbor example again, but he's such an everyman. Um, like, he talks about his kids a lot. Um, but we got there, I think I got there just before a game was starting, met the PR guy who was like swamped, has never had more requests in his life, what's happening here, it was awesome. Um, and he was lovely, he got, I don't think he got screeched in, but he drank a lot. Um, with us, it was really fun. The um, PR guy or John Scott? Both. <laughs> <laughs> the whole team was out, it was so fun. Um, okay, so we got there during a game, photographer and I, and we met. We, we watched John Scott go into the locker room after the game and, like, slam his stick. They'd lost. It was not a good game. Mm. And I thought, ooh, this is not going to go well because I hadn't really told him what my plans were. He knew that we were coming there. We're going to have a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's not something you tell someone in a bad mood. Yeah. So I did yeah. it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, he came back out, and um, I told him, I was like, I was thinking we could get you screeched in, and we could go to Signal Hill and do all this touristy stuff with you and just spend like a couple days in Newfoundland with John Scott. And he was like, awesome. Come to my house. This is my phone number. Pick me up at this time. Like a true Newfoundlander. Yeah. Come to my house. Yeah. Here's my phone yeah. number. My exactly. door's unlocked. Yeah, and yeah. his door was unlocked. I bet it yeah. was. <laughs> Not surprised. Yeah. So, yeah, we we spent the day with him, went up to Signal Hill. I had, like, a little video camera. I was following him around. He was playing tour guide. He did a bunch of videos for us. Um, we did. We took his dry cleaning in. We let him. <laughs> we gave him time to have a nap because we felt like we were really in his face for most of the day because we were. Um, went out for dinner, got screeched in, which was the I don't know top three moments that I think I've ever seen was John Scott kneeling on the floor, looking as though he's standing because he's eighteen he's feet tall, enormous, yeah. and he was kneeling beside this bachelorette girl from I'm not sure where, but she was pretty. 
minute, you know? So she just looked like, <laughs> I can't even, I can't do justice to the scale. Um, and just how excited he was. Like, he was like a six-year-old kid um, when this fish came around. Gave it like seven kisses so we could get different <laughs> pictures. <laughs> at this point, the, the cod's frozen. At this point, it's like dripping on the floor. We're in this old bar called Christian's Bar. There's like music playing. There's a guy in a rain suit that's been dancing and singing for us. It was just like... I'm getting paid for this. What? Right? It's amazing. Good work day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and it's, it's first of all, it's, it's such a testament to Newfoundland because it's impossible mm-hmm. not to have a good time in St. Uh, John's. Like, it's just, you just can't. Absolutely. It's, it's the best. Um, mm-hmm. But the... Uh, are you are you from the East Coast? I know, I wish. Where are you oh. from? I'm from here. <laughs> well, it's not that bad. We're all from here, too. <laughs> I know, it's so boring. It is, yeah, I guess. The the. Where are you from? Ex- exotic Ontario. Yeah, yeah. tropical. Mm-hmm. Pickering. <laughs> <laughs> where, where from in Toronto? Um, The West End. Uh, Oakville? No, um, like close to High Parkish area. Oh, That'd be the big oh, you're like Toronto Central. Toronto, yeah. Wow. I went to Humberside, which is where Michael Grange, Jeff Merrick, like there's a lot of Erica Diamond. Wow. You know, all these Sportsnet people went to Humberside. Yeah, yeah well, Paul Tracy went started. to our high school. What? And so did the Bare Naked Ladies. So you can. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So we I, came from a, a talent pool too. That's huge. So yeah, that's huge. I mean, we're yeah. not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the the I think. You know, the, the thing about John at that time is, I mean, it was really all eyes on him, even when he was in the AHL. When he talked about that to you, what what were your, what would you, what did you get that he was taking in at that time? Like, how do you think he felt about it? Was he uncomfortable with it? Was he having a good time with it? Was it he upset by it? Like, what, what was it? So, he was having a good time, but, okay, so remember his wife was pregnant with twins, It was was the least ideal situation that you can possibly dream up, really. Um, And he didn't have, you know, the kindest things to say about Coyote's management and how that was dealt with. Yeah, I think you wrote he wanted to strangle Don Maloney. (laughs) Sounds like the ownership did, too. That's how they got rid of him. (laughs) So that's funny because we, we talked a few times, and a few times he was just, talking and I wasn't sure if he wanted to be on the record and um I just felt like anything I wasn't sure about I was gonna send him so I sent him a couple paragraphs and they were pretty strong like him saying he wanted to strangle somebody that's quite strong and somebody (laughs) actually was reading it like copy editing it and said I don't know that this is okay but um I sent him like all the strong language that he'd used and he just wrote me back. That's great. With like three exclamations. <laughs> awesome. So he was very candid. Um, it was not ideal. He was having fun though. He, he liked the team, but um, he just wanted another shot in the NHL, obviously. Mm-hmm. Still um, does, right? Still does. Yeah. And if, I mean, if he got, yeah, there were a couple of ideal situations, but it would all have to be good for his family, right? Like, it was all about his family and making sure his wife wasn't overwhelmed, and which she probably was. I mean, Oh, my, I can't imagine. Mm-hmm. I cannot imagine. In story, he, met, he joked with you about his point streak. So did he care about being perceived as a skilled player and not just a tough guy? Um, I don't think he wanted—that's uh, a good question. I don't know that he— I don't think he ever thought anybody would perceive him as a skill player. Mm-hmm. Like, he certainly knew his role. But I also don't think he saw himself as this enforcer that just came in to fight. Although he talked about his fights and was, like, pretty happy he was 2-0. and He was like, I'm 2-0. and <laughs> um, But, yeah, I don't, think, I don't think he was necessarily comfortable with 
that being his sole identity, right? Which at that point, it it it's it, still it kind of was it and, was, and then the All Star Game happened, and then his identity just became like the greatest story. Literally in a, a long Disney time character, yeah. a Disney character. Yeah, it was insane when they lifted him on uh, their shoulders at the end. I was just like, what? <laughs> Who's making the movie? But it's yeah. so nice. Yeah, and they will. And they yeah. have to. Yeah. Uh, but I think the thing that that got Moon us about three. that whole thing. Yeah, they, they hated. <laughs> The NHL hated that. Yeah. Coyotes hated that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Montreal Canadiens, they, they hate anything fun. <laughs> and it's so amazing that against all of that, that, that all happened. And so I guess, you know, it was a not ideal time and that sort of thing. Do you think John, when you, with your perception of him, do you think John will go into broadcasting after, after it's all done? Yes. Yeah? Mm-hmm. You think he'll be a pretty good broadcaster? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. We had a little camera there and I... I don't even remember if I gave him, like, any warning. I just kind of, like, put it in his face while he was at the bar. Mm -hmm. And I was, like, and I asked him to basically promote the story and tell people what they're going to be reading so we could put it on our website. And he just, like, fired off this minute-long beauty hit stop all right, we're set, you know? Like, <laughs> really? That's not easy. hard to do. That's Honestly, really hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but he's great. We have to go on the radio portion of the Sportsnet 590 The Fan Steve Dangle podcast. However, um, we're going to talk a lot more uh, about your career, your life, Christina. Um, we're going to get right into the personal details, where you grew up. Oh, no, I'm boy. kidding. Um, who your first boyfriend in high school was. What's in your fridge? <laughs> what is in your fridge? Um, but that'll Comments. be on the podcast portion, which you can download at sportsnet.ca, or if you've got Google Play, if you've got iTunes, whatever, that's where you can find this show. Um, it's brought to you by Panago Pizza. It's what's on the inside that counts, as we saw with John Scott. And we will be right back for everybody listening online. Steve, you still want you you still have some questions about J- Johnny Scotland? I, I know you're like, oh, we can move on to this, that, and I'm like, no, I'm not done. <laughs> Go, because there's Take all it. these all these things like we text back and forth, and I've been putting off talking to you about certain things because I'm like, Neh. we got to talk about it on the show. Um, <laughs> you are really good at kind of articulating a moment and 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 a mood, um, and there was one in particular that really stood out to me in the John Scott piece. And it, it was, it was written almost like it was a movie where um, he's talking to Batman at the All Star game, mm. and Batman goes, "Are we good?" <laughs> but then there's this long pause where Scott just stares at him. Mm-hmm. How how did he articulate that to you? I know I know how you wrote it, but so I think. At that point, we were eating breakfast. It was honestly like in between mouthfuls. He ate part of my breakfast. Um, <laughs> Did you have a choice in that matter? Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm a pretty, I have a good appetite, but it was really big. So, yeah, he ate, I think he ate like a couple sausages right off my plate. No problem. Just reached over. Very comfortable. Um, but just bare paws. Yeah. So, how did he articulate that? Mm. Yeah. I mean,. <laughs> he was he wasn't exactly careful in his words as you saw like he wanted to strangle somebody and he said mm-hmm. it um yeah you could tell that it wasn't the most pleasant interaction for him but that he didn't really care you know like after his his wife said you have to do this this will be a huge moment in your life it could open up things in your career it was kind of in his mind that he's doing this and it sort of Batman wasn't really going to get in his way, you know, mm-hmm. unless he totally did, you know, like, you unless mean? he could, unless yeah. Batman could absolutely prevent him from going. Well, he could have. He could have. But yeah. I think Gary and Batman unless knew. Unless he chose to. You, 
it's in Gary Bettman's position. I mean, his job is to protect the owners, which he does a good job of. Mm-hmm. Um, but Gary Bettman also knows that if you take, if you rob the All Star Game of that, I think he finally got it. I don't think he understood the temperature of the room, and I don't think Gary Bettman's good at reading the temperature in any room he walks into. But I think even he couldn't. You couldn't walk away from the swell of just the the passion behind it. And anytime, if you're running a company, anytime you can get passion behind your product. Uh, product at all mm-hmm. you go with it right sure. and that's even so Bettman as the villain in this story uh, and I would say the hench- the, the head villain and, and Maloney's the henchman and so is Bergevin he was a party to it mm-hmm. um, there is a um, there was a real good versus evil thing going yeah. on the real narrative there and I think that's the easiest narrative to sell for sure and to get back to your question there are parts of that conversation that didn't make it into the magazine could they make it onto the podcast? No. no. Okay, fine. Fair, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. No, I that mean, is understandable. Yeah. So yeah. what you need to do, podcast listeners, is you need to get Christina Rutherford out and get her drunk, and then... Yeah. <laughs> and then maybe we'll hear some yeah. stuff. Do you feel like getting screeched oh. in again? <laughs> I would. I would. I got a fish in my freezer. <laughs> Let's go. Um, so, okay, we were talking... Between breaks about how we can find your stuff, and we we didn't seem to really know. Well, the best part was that you were like, I don't know. (laughs) It's on the website, so you go to sportsnet.ca, and then I think you can search. No, not I think. You can search authors, so you could search my name, and then a big list should come up. So you can do that, or you can do what I do often, which is like type in the name of the interview you want to read, like John Scott, and then Mm -hmm. your name, Christina Rutherford. And or that's it. Phil Kessel. Well, you and there's also a feed burner thing there, that I, or not a feed burner, but the feed like a, an alerts that you can set up when you like writers on the Sportsnet website, so that it'll really? actually send you a blast. That so if you if people care to do that, that's the way to do it. <laughs> uh, that's how I looked at it. Like I I went to I just I googled your name because mm-hmm. it's easier to Google your name and then go to Sportsnet. Yeah. That's how um, I get to my own blog. Yeah, the, the Steve Dangle blog. So much easier. Um, and it and then it it was just like a full list of everything you've done. Oh, okay. So handy. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it, it's the stories that you tell are are really kind of they're just they're fun because they're beyond the nuts and bolts, right? You actually get when when I was reading your Bouchard article, right, which was not a long form thing. Mm-hmm. It was just a, it was an article. Yeah. Um, I felt like I was sitting right beside her, listening to her the, these conversations. You know, especially when you right at the beginning when you talk about um, when. Jeannie really felt like she came into her own and she and that and that first quote where it says I don't know um (laughs) you know and that's the fact that you included that it's like boom that I'm right there I'm in it and that's what the the beauty of your writing and that's why it's so much fun to read and and it's thank you it's really good with sorry there was another one in the John Scott go bring it up bring it up where where, um you were talking about like how um how he's feeling uh, you know, being so far away from his twins, mm-hmm. and just like I know exactly how he said it, like stressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah, he was, he was stressed out. Yeah, yeah, he was trying to remember which twin had a birthmark. How he tells them apart, you know, like yeah, it was a really difficult time for him for sure. They built this nest, you know, in Arizona. They're like, all right, yeah, this is this is our base. This is where we're having these twins, and ah, you're traded. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Baloney. Yeah. Don Baloney. Don Baloney. Um, Christina, when you when you looked when you started out, what was if you could name a person that you would have traded lives with because you wanted that career in terms of like you know the goal of what you wanted to be, right? What did you want to be? 
what did you initially start going, you know, when you worked at the Beaver, <laughs> what did you hope that that would lead to? Ah, uh, that's a good question. I've never actually, I mean, I read, growing up, I read, um, Chickadee and Owl magazines and Sports Illustrated for Kids. And I always wanted to write for Sports Illustrated for Kids. So I probably would say, I mean, when I was in school and thinking about, yeah, I want to be a sports writer in journalism school, I probably would have said Sports Illustrated because nothing existed at that point in Canada that was even close, close. right? Yeah. Mm. We have specialty magazines in this country, obviously, for every sport you can think of, but we didn't really have a general sports magazine. Um and then it was just kind of lucky timing in that I was I was working for a golf magazine, Score Golf, oh, which yeah. was great. With wow, Bob Weeks, Bob Weeks mm-hmm. yeah, oh, Peter cool. Robinson, Chase and Logan, all beauties. How I, many people um, came from Score? I uh, like, who do you know? I interned at Score Golf for about what? like two or three weeks. <laughs> you did? Oh, why? Did, why was it so short? It was. Um, it was like it's near like the airport, right? It's hard to get to. It was. And I a long biked haul there. in my '96 yeah. Ford Taurus station yeah. wagon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> hot car, no air conditioning. It was uh... tough to get to. Yeah, but great place. But anyway, <laughs> while I was there, um, Sportsnet started this magazine, which shocked me. I mean, like a, ma- a new magazine in the 2000s. It, they started it late. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In this time period. Yeah, right? crazy. So yeah, I jumped at that opportunity. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know that you know it's one of the things that you've been working on behind the scenes is something that I know, like we know you're super pumped about <gasps> and it, it, can we talk about it? Can we talk oh, about yeah, this? Yeah. Okay. This is huge. All right. I'm not even going to blow it by ruining it in the intro. Tell us. <gasps> okay. This is a, a, yeah, the book. Yes. Okay. That's the book. Yeah. <laughs> that. I was like, oh, I didn't I want to say book. Do I was I like, have I have this other news? I don't know. Um, okay. <laughs> so the book's called level the playing field. And then I think it's got a subtitle that's like... (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. I actually really like that answer. Um, So is it just... So you're just... You're working on it. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's actually... There is a real title. And it's been published. It's just not out yet. It comes out in October. Um, So Level the Playing Field. If you search that in my name, it's um, for sale on Amazon right now. So you can pre-order it. (gasps) Oh, my God. For Christmas. And you know what, Steve? You know what I love about this? If either of us came out with a book, we'd... We literally sell it the same way. It's it's called this, and we can't remember the damn subtitle. Because well, it's going on YouTube and shit. The past, <laughs> present, and future of women's pro sports. That could be it. And it's for kids, and it's about women's pro sports. And it's been published by Owl Kids. Um, which, which is awesome. Maybe you're familiar with Owl and Chickadee magazines from when you were a kid. Because mm-hmm. they were the best. Owl, for sure. Um, yeah, so they have also have a large book publishing division. Um, and I was approached to write this book to basically explain to kids why women's pro sports and men's pro sports look so different. So the age that it's catered huh. to is probably 10 to 16. But, like, my parents read it, and they learned something. So, How do you begin to explain that to that age group? Mm-hmm. That's a, that's Because it's thing. all business, right? It's all business, yeah. So it was actually, at times, it was kind of disheartening to see the actual statistics and the differences in wages. I mean, it's, it's insane, obviously. Um, but we kind of broke it down, and John Crossingham was super helpful. He was the editor. Um, we broke it down into... Five different chapters, and it looks at a different facet of pro sports. So it might be money, might be the history, 
um, the big stars and kind of tackled it kind of piece by piece that way. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a hard thing to explain. But I think the, the the tone of the book, it's optimistic because, and I think it should be because, I mean, in in the last 10 years, we've seen a ton of change. Um, and I mean, you look at the last Summer Olympics, the biggest star there was Jessica Ennis, now Jessica Ennis Hill, um, because she was a local and she won the heptathlon. Mm-hmm. Um, and which is just a ridiculous sport, by the way. Which is insane. That, like, why, why do yeah. people sign up for that? I look at that Honestly. and I'm like, that sounds terrible to do once. And you yeah. train for that. And what yeah. do you want to do? Something hard. And how can you be good at <laughs> all of those things? Yeah. Like, how can you sprint and throw a javelin? Yeah, you know, really right? Far. It's the overachievers, or the, the really. shot put. I don't know. Javelin's one of those things where I'm like, how do you get good at that? Yeah. I don't know where to find a javelin. <laughs> some high schools, for some reason, let you throw a javelin. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <I know. laughs> they right? really shouldn't. Yeah. 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 Running? That's easy. Well, this, so this, 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 and I'm not, um, so I was in New York this weekend. Nice. And I was doing a, a junket for a Suicide Squad, which is, you know, part of the entertainment job that I do. One of the things that the director, David Ayer, said, uh, he was asked about, the cast. He was asked about, you know, if you look at that cast, it's a very uh, multicultural, uh, everybody's from a different background, different country, you know, everything. Uh, and, you know, he's he said, you know, I'm I'm from the south of L.A. He's like, I was the one white kid in school. And, and he said, you know, I married a, a Latina woman. He said, my daughter is therefore a Latina. And he said, it's important that we see people that we can visually identify with in positions that we want to achieve. Um, hmm. and that was, a, I thought it was a really interesting way to answer that question. Cause he said, I, he said, absolutely. It's important to me that this cast was more than just white people basically. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's not to take away from, from one race over the other. Um, but when it comes to sports, I mean, that is the toughest thing that we always see with women's sports. These young girls cutting out of it at 14, 15 years old because they don't see a future in it. You know, I've got um, a family friend of ours who uh, is was the captain of the Ottawa, um, the Ottawa University, uh, sorry, Carleton, um, the Carleton hockey team. Mm-hmm. And for her, who has been a standout her entire life, has always been the top, top rung of women's hockey, uh, not at the level that you'd make the Olympic team, mm-hmm. but right there, right, right there. Well, there's and like there's 22 nothing for spots. Her. If you're number 25, it's tough luck, right? Exactly. Yeah. So there's there's nothing there except for now we're seeing the NWHL and mm-hmm. the CWHL and and you know for you when you how important is is to f- furthering that? I guess my question would be. It's a really long question, <laughs> but no, it's it's hugely important. And I've I've honestly seen so many changes. So I grew up playing hockey. I've been playing since I was six years old. Um, and I, I played, like I still play, but I played like a competitive level and I, I coached high school hockey two years ago or three years ago at North Toronto. Um, and we had this meeting at the school and all these kids came in and they were on these teams I've never heard of. And I I was so happy about that. Like there are probably, I don't know how many more options for young girls who want to play hockey in the GTA now. And I, I think that's happening everywhere. And then you're seeing the NWHL, you're seeing the CWHL. They're actually getting paid now. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's massive strides. And I think the more you're seeing that as a possibility, the more advertisers are seeing it as a possibility to promote their products. I mean, it's sort of, yeah, until you see it, you can't really picture it for yourself. 
Mm-hmm. And that's happening more and more in lots of sports, right? And not just in North America. Did you uh, talk to anyone in particular for that book? Because I know the U.S. women's soccer team mm-hmm. has been like huge on the uh, you know the equal pay. Well, because yes. they, they bring in more money. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> the men's is like, why do they get paid more? It's well, ridiculous. Where are they ranked? Oh, God. I, do they make the World There's a Cup, video typically? from, I think, <laughs> the, I think I mean. the Daily Show did it. And they're like, they talked about the fact that the women's soccer team players were talking about the fact that when they win, they get like $1,300. When the men win, they get like 20000 or something. Yeah, it's insane. Like, it's crazy. It's insane. But the what I've noticed about the states, like walking around Chicago a couple of years ago, I was struck by how many massive ads I saw about women's soccer. Like, they really promote their athletes. We I don't think we do a good enough job in Canada no. in general. We don't do a good, job, good enough job of promoting anything in Canada. Yeah. We're just not good at the hype I thing. I think mm-hmm. pick three or four. And we go, that's... That's mm-hmm. enough. That's that. Christine Sinclair. Yeah. End of list. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's who we have. Yeah. Yeah, Christine and it was Sinclair. like, and before that it was Haley Wickenheiser, and before that it was Cassie Campbell. Those are, That's mm-hmm. our one person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she's in the book, Cassie Campbell. Oh, perfect. Um, so every chapter opens with an interview, um, and Cassie's the history... <laughs> she's not that old. No. Um, but she's the history chapter talking about all the changes she's seen and watching the first women get inducted into the Hall of Fame. Like, that wasn't long ago, you know? So, um, and it wasn't long ago there was no Olympic dream. I mean, a lot has happened in not a lot of time, which is, it's really encouraging. But obviously there's still massive strides. Well, and, and for you, um, as a, a, a female journalist in a traditionally, especially sports, especially sports, very male-dominated, um, is it important to you that people look to you and say, I want to be just like her because it's not, it's not an easy thing to get into period gender aside. Right. Yeah. Well, actually I've talked to a lot of, not a lot, a few young women that want to get into sports journalism. And I always tell them just go after it because honestly, there's fewer women in this industry and I think a lot of places like Sportsnet, one of them is looking for females to write, to do, you know, sports journalism. So I feel like it can kind of help you if you're a woman that's interested in this as a job. Mm-hmm. And of course it's possible. Oh my gosh, of course it's possible. How many people told you no? Um, I don't think, I don't think. No? <laughs> I don't think <laughs> they so. They wouldn't dare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody ever said no, I don't think you anyone, can't. You're a lady. Yeah, yeah, I don't think anyone ever said that. So that's and, progress to and me. That's, and I think 20 years ago, if this was 20 years ago, I would have tons of no stories. You know, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you know, Christina. I mean, I think as I said before, you know, we've got to talk about we 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 don't do enough to talk about the great writers. Mm. And uh, and one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about is that if it seems, though, and I don't know that being in the spotlight's important to you. I don't think it is. Mm. Not at all. <laughs> Which fact, makes you an even better me, writer, yeah. by the way. It like, makes me uncomfortable. So are you the Phil Kessel of writing? No, <laughs> but, but... Writes hard. Writes hard, loves, loves the writing. <laughs> loves the game. <laughs> loves the site. Um, the, the thing, though, that I, I want to get your opinion on, and I, and I understand you'll probably have to tread lightly on this question, um, is when journalists do develop a persona, mm-hmm. it seems as though they do it because they have a pile-on mentality. 
and not not like a pile on somebody. It's it's negativity. It's this. Hmm. Um, oftentimes, it, it's the and we can just say it's the Stephen A. Smith Skip Bayless formula, which is and they're not journalists, but. You can. Oh yeah! <laughs> really, Skip? Um, they they have this thing where it's like I'm going to say something outrageous mm-hmm. because I know that will draw the ire of this group of people and it'll blow my blow my article up clips wise. Mm-hmm. Artificially, artificially inflammatory. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do you ever think about that and go, not not that you would ever do it, but I'm, do you ever think about that and go, there's something weird about that system, there's something wrong about that system, or is it just a facet and you just kind of ignore it? Mm, I don't know that I would say there's something wrong with it. I think it it's supposed to spur conversation, and it does a really good job of that. Like sports talk radio, how one person has one opinion and the other person has the other, and then they fight. That's you know, or they argue, or sometimes they agree, but a lot of times they disagree. I feel like that's kind of an effort to get people talking, and often it's unfortunately inane comments that get people super fired up. That happens a lot, and then gets <laughs> a lot of clicks on an article that you just shouldn't be giving time to. That that part frustrates me for sure. Um, I like you. Sometimes. <laughs> well, yeah, because the thing is, is you go and you tell these stories and the stories are great. But then, you know, w- one of the notorious journalists around here, and I won't mention them by name because it doesn't matter. Um, you know, if you weren't here, we would. But <laughs> I don't want to put you oh on gosh. that spot because, well, because it would be uncomfortable. There, there are really? people that you. Well, I'll yeah. just drink water while you tell yeah. me. <laughs> well, OK. Do, do we want to say? Mm. There, another camera can too. All right. <laughs> so, like, a, a Steve Simmons, uh, a Dave Festchuk, uh, I can keep naming names. How long can you drink for? Um, you know, these people that come out and they say these ridiculous things. <laughs> she had a crispy minis moment. <laughs> uh, does that, does it, it, it must be eat at you a little bit because you've, you've, you've done these great stories, these great stories, and they're like, here's my opinion. Well, and 60,000 Twitter followers later and all of those things that build a persona and then make you seem like you're a big deal. And it seems artificially inflated. I think that's the way Steve put it. I, I think there's a place for those opinions. Like there's some great columnists out there. Absolutely. And I think they all have moments where they're great. I mean, there's a reason they have their profile. And I don't I don't think it takes away from the other writing. I just I sometimes feel like. Sometimes reading is a little bit catered to clickbait, right? So if there's a, I don't know, a headline that's pretty compelling, you're going to click on oh, it. Oh, we've spoken about this Where's, at length. I'll call yeah. one out. Uh, yesterday, I was really disappointed in the score. Um, who, like I admire as a website. They uh, P.K. Subban is telling jokes at a charity... Just Comedy events. Just for laughs. Just just for laughs. The name of the freaking thing is <laughs> and it's just for laughs. Renowned. Everybody's heard of just for laughs. Yeah. yeah, and and they and the title is Subban blasts. Um, Ten things PK said, and you won't believe number six. Yeah, yeah. Here's all oh, his we jokes love about- lists. Yeah. And some people did list his jokes and whatever, but like at least had the decency to mention. Like, what it was for. Like, the article didn't even cite that it was like, well, I think it was raising money for the hospital. Mm-hmm. Come on. Use your freaking head. Like, and, and that article was clearly designed for that reason. But I think the... Yeah. I think the people we need to be not critical of, but it's the readers that we need to be, I don't know, educating or... 
to be able to discern yeah, the difference. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's I it's like so. um, it's like tabloid newspapers, right? Like I'll I'll go to the um, I'll go to the the checkout line with my fiance Caprice, and she'll be like, "Oh my god, like Kim Kardashian's pregnant again?" Because it'll say it on like Us Weekly <laughs> or something know, stupid I like that. that too. And I'm like, Caprice, Barack Obama's Caprice. Caprice. <laughs> no, oh they need to sell that magazine. And she's like, oh, like she'll come in and she'll say, uh, "It's weird in a relationship." She's like, "It's really weird having a, a fiance that, or and she initially when we started dating, boyfriend that knows more about entertainment than I do mm-hmm. uh, and gossip than I do." But it's she's like, like what's going on with this this and this and I'm like Caprice like, that, none of that's true how do you not see that but I but get it too because hard. I don't understand why you're allowed to print those things I actually don't get it I don't either what are the rules there are no <laughs> rules what are rules where are the rules yeah okay. and these people that write this stuff and it's like do you do you feel bad about writing an outright straight up lie yeah and that's the I guess that's the I guess you just get used to doing it yeah <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> That's so dark. I'm sorry. Like, so true, though. No, like yeah. that is so funny, though. How are you allowed to do that? Yeah, it's very, very true. Mm-hmm. I think the answer is well. I mean, some of the tabloids. I don't know about uh, all of them. They just get sued all the time. But they can pay for that for for that that expense. And that, but it, it's but written it, in. It goes back to the readers, right? It, the responsibility is on the readers. If that's that didn't what sell, I meant to say the responsibility. That's the word. I if that didn't sell, for. they wouldn't do it. Exactly. Readers need to be more aware and go. I think this might be bullshit. And the problem is, the, the more portion, readers are clicking on these inflammatory headlines, the more websites are coming up with them. Right? Mm-hmm. You're feeding that. Right? You want clicks. You want advertising. So it's kind of a I don't know, double-headed monster? And what I'm also seeing more and more now, no, it makes absolute mm-hmm. sense. Totally. What I'm seeing more and more now, is the advice I give any you know, aspiring writer is, well, just write. But what they do to start um, is they imitate what they see the most. Mm-hmm. And, and what are we seeing right now? Now it, they it's an explosion. They see horse shit. Yeah. And, uh, Opinions you know, from chairs and, yeah. Pe- people keep... Uh, sending me tweets like, oh, what do you think about this trade rumor? And they send me fuckface with the question mark well, for somebody, an avatar. And I'm like, it's it's all made up. Yeah. They're well, making it up. Uh, what somebody, are you talking somebody about? Somebody got physically, like, not physically, he got so mad at me on Twitter because I said that rumor is straight up not true. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it came from, what the what we see now are aggregators, right? So they'll right. take, what they'll uh, do is they'll pull, like, a SoFlo Antonio is perfect for this in pop uh, culture, who's an idiot. But the but what they'll do is they'll take, you're the source, Christina, mm-hmm. but I'm the Facebook page or the Twitter page who goes, who reads your tweets, and you report the story, and you break you break the thing, you know, say the, the Leafs are looking at bringing Kessel back. Let's say that's the headline, okay? Then, I, all I have to do is say, reports are... The Leafs are looking at bringing Kessel back. Mm-hmm. And I look like the guy that knows what I'm talking about, and I'm not. And I get sent those, the hockey writer's news people, or whatever it is, all the time. And I get people who are very frustrated with me when I say it's straight up not true. Where's the source? And they mm-hmm. don't list those sources, right? It, again, yeah. it goes back to where are those rules? And we have to be able to, as people who consume this, we have to educate ourselves a little bit on For that. Sure. Where's it coming from? For sure. And I think there, there are good aggregator type sites out there that actually put in the full quote and put links to the original source. Well, yeah, that's called and doing the news properly, called, right? Yeah, that's called <laughs> journalism of yeah, some sort. Yeah, that's weird. Um, yeah. Lame. Yeah, so yeah, rules. <laughs> <laughs> so where, so yeah, so yeah, rules. So where, where do you, where do you want to go? Where are you going to end up? 
Oh. What are we going to see from you in 20 years? Oh my gosh, 20 years? Yeah, what are, like what's your five-year plan? I hope to be on a dock somewhere. Amazing. Um, yeah, That's I don't know. That's not a bad plan. I would love to not have to <laughs> come to an office. That oh. would be my, yeah, my dream would just be to be at large, as they say. Um, in writing, I think That's still. what That should I be like the name writing. of your website. Rutherford at large. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't know. What do you guys want to do? <laughs> Spoken like a true journalist doesn't want to talk to herself. I like your doc idea. Yeah, I, I could do the doc thing. Sweet. If we yeah. could do this podcast from the doc and produce everything that we do, honestly, but from a doc, I would not? be. I'd be fine with that. Actually, I'd be. I've I've said this many times. I'd be happy in Tampa. I'd be really happy in Tampa. Tampa. We'd do all the same stuff that we do, but Cheering I could be in for Tampa. Your second team. I'd go see the Leafs and cheer for them when they came to town, but I, I would I would be able to Super afford season tickets. tickets there. It'd yeah. be great. You know what? Uh, I'm not done asking you about people you've spoken to. Okay. If Do we have time? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, do you have time? Oh, yeah, I got yeah, time. Oh, yeah. these guys have a show to do. Yeah, we do. We kind of have to, we do have My to kind of scoot here. My computer actually died before I got that. here, so I you have what? time. My computer died. Oh. Uh, okay. Is it charged? Yeah, it's charged. Okay. It just went... Yeah. Oh, right. Um... So in the so we were supposed to have you on like a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. and you actually you had something blow up in that time. Not your computer, um, your um, your Hap story. Oh my god! Jay's picture, J A Hap. Yeah, yeah. You got you got free a free milk jug, which I have not gotten. And you have I gotten feel a free bad about that, that I because have I lost? I have no ethics. I allowed them to send me a gift in the mail, but it was a milk jug, and I couldn't say no. I and feel this like milk that's okay. bag holder How that's dare really you? cool. I How know. dare you? What Talk about clickbait and then you accept milk jugs. <laughs> Who do you think you are? Right? <laughs> Walter Cronkite is so disappointed in you. I good know. night and good luck Hot to pedal. your career. Yeah. No, I'm yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you retell the whole half story? Yes. <laughs> yeah, please do. Okay. Let's get to Thank that. You, Jesse. Thanks. We're back on track. So, um, so about the baseball player. Yeah. So I've been planning to talk to J-Hap for some time. Just an interview. So I do this for the magazine, too. At the back, there's a Q&A, and I always interview a different person. And it's really fun, usually. Um, and for some reason, I was fixated on J-Hap because of this turnaround he's had. And I just wanted to find out what is happening. What is happening? <laughs> Oh my Tell me that's the title. Terrible. The happening. <laughs> that just happened. Okay. So we were talking and it was a pretty normal conversation and it wasn't really, I wouldn't call it the most exciting chat I've had, but I, you know, my fault. Um, and then I asked him, it's his second time in Toronto, so he's been in Canada. He's probably gotten used to how we do things here, if it's any different. Sometimes it is. Um, and... Asked him if there was anything he wasn't used to still. And he just went off on milk bags. And for 10 minutes, we talked about milk. And I, I mean, I didn't know that it wasn't really popular everywhere. If you go outside of Ontario, <laughs> you will honest, not find a milk bag. Even Western Canada. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's Even not Western, there. Else yeah. No, it, it's it's quite literally so the dumbest way that. to do it. Yeah. Well, I I don't think so. I think it's awesome. <laughs> I love that you can get it in chocolate and vanilla, as I call it. Um, it actually. You mean you mean just milk? Yeah. It actually just spurred this massive conversation, and he didn't know that you're supposed to put it in a jug. He was like, "Where are the jugs? Do I buy the jugs? How can I get the jugs?" So that's why the dairy farmers of Ontario, lovely people, sent him a care package with a jug in it and one of those 
um, cutters that you put on your, he won't know how to use that, put on your fridge and this um, plastic thing that you put your three milk bags in, fridge saver, yep. space oh saver. Oh, my God. Because those exist. Um, yeah, but it, it, I've never seen anything like that. Like nothing ever, ever. What? Just, <laughs> just the, blow up the scale <laughs> of how much conversation there was. And I know it was, it was a really slow day in sports, right? It was just after the All Star game. There's actually nothing. The British no Open. Rumors. That oh. was it. Yeah. So if you're not a golf fan, you were discussing bag milk. It was, it was crazy. I couldn't believe it. It is funny the weird things that people latch onto. I did a, I did a uh, an interview with uh, this girl I went to school with named Gwen Elliott. And, you know, we were just talking about YouTube and sports and all that stuff. It's a 17-minute YouTube video. And all the comments were about how I made her take off her shoes. Because we were walking around my house in my socks. <laughs> or, or in our socks. And I'm like, that's I don't know. That's how we do it. In, it's a house. Yeah, it's Canada. a house. No, but apparently in the rest of the world, oh, they just have muddy carpets. On. And yeah. <laughs> covered in garbage and grass and shit. They wear high heels around the house and stuff. That's ridiculous. It that's is. weird. It's crazy. That's really strange. Yeah. We mad. don't have shoes you know in the house and we have bag yeah. milk. Do you want to know yeah. why we take take our shoes off? Because it rains and it snows here. Yeah. And, 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 and it's, this, it's that's polite. why. <laughs> it's polite, too. Are you going to yeah. go to somebody's house and track? Who knows what you've been in that day? Exactly. Yeah. I don't want your whatever it is on your shoe. Yeah. Would you lick the bottom of your shoe? No. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't want it on my floor. Thank mm-hmm. you. Um, what a conversation. I'm licking his floor. Yeah, <laughs> I can eat off my floor for that yeah. reason. Except for my bottom of my feet, which aren't probably much better. But so anyway, yeah, anyway, <laughs> um, one other player. Sorry, okay, we yeah, because we're, we're, we're tight promise. here. We're tight. One more, I promise. Um, I believe you said you spoke to Yager. Oh yeah. Oh, what's that reaction about? Oh no, it was the best. It was the best. Yeah, I think that's my favorite interview ever. Was that the? Audible history of Yarmir Yager? Is that the what the oral title Oral history, oral. yeah. So we spoke Audible. to probably 10 or 15 people that have known him throughout his life. Past teammates, former, I don't know, everything. Childhood friends, mm-hmm. coaches. Um, and I it, I did this with Ryan Dixon and Garrett Joyce, who also work for the magazine. And I got to sit down with Yager. And it was... <sighs> Yeah, what what was it? What is it about him? Like, he, there's a fascination with him. There always has been, but for a while, there was a real negative kind of. I mean, mid career New York Rangers, mm-hmm. Washington Capitals years. Ooh. There was a real negativity that surrounded him. That. <laughs> no, he, I guess not. But he, you watch about seven years from now, Ovechkin will be a god. We will all appreciate the fact that he's still here. Yeah, he'll have a yogurt like Laura about it's him. It's the passing of time, mm-hmm. I think, and it's the fact that his reputation has changed so much, and he hasn't given any effort into changing it. I don't think he just goes to well. What's no, fascinating? No. He I just think it's does this, whatever he wants. It's access, yes, <laughs> and it's access to him because you see, if like he's on Instagram or Snapchat, and he's Snapchatting himself. On an, on an extra bike, you know, on a Saturday night at 1 a.m. after mm-hmm. the game, right? Like, he yeah. people admire that. And I don't sure. think we got to see that years ago. Prior yeah. to social media. Yeah. Yeah. And before he spoke English really well and before he was comfortable in North and let's, America. Let's really. be straight. There was a lot of xenophobia back in the day, a lot more than there is now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he came from <laughs> yeah. the, one of those commie countries, right? Yeah. Those commie. Yeah. Yugoslavia countries. Oh, uh, yes. So, uh, I think the... The reason that I enjoyed talking to him so much is that he, that's part of the reason, like, his background is so interesting, and he's been through so much. Yeah. Like, he's been in the NHL, he's left the NHL, he's come back to the NHL, he's 44, he leads his team in scoring. There's so much to him 
Um, and I asked him, I think all I asked him was, what was your childhood like? And he started talking about communism. And he said yeah. he could either be a hockey player or a singer. That's the only way he would have a better life for his family. And then he said he did a thousand squats a day starting from the age of seven. And I was like, I have never spoken to a more interesting person. Boom, that's it. I mean, wow, age seven, and you that's why his bum is so big. Any of, <laughs> any of those guys from the communist bloc is fascinating. Mm-hmm. The way that I mean, the the Fetisov documentary that they did, uh, the Russian, the Red Army documentary, the, is inc- the Russian yeah, Russian yeah, yeah, incredible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, talking so so that's all in it, and we don't want to spoil the article completely. But one mm. thing I thought was funny about Yager. Which which is a totally salacious and gossipy story. So excuse me on this one. This is not above board at all. But the rumor is there's a there's a, a young woman that he he found he met at a bar one night, and this young woman uh, and him went home together because he's single and she's single and that's what adults do. Um, and it turns out that this young woman was a model in the Czech Republic, and and this is apparently a true story. I'm sure you've heard it. Oh yeah. yeah. And so so I guess when they woke up the next morning, she she takes a picture of herself and him and he's sleeping Mm -hmm. and then goes to him and says I want you to pay me money to not release this and Mm -hmm. he said go ahead and release it Mm -hmm. and so she did turns out she's dating the captain of the junior Czech national hockey team who grew Mm -hmm. up with Yager as an idol Mm -hmm. brutal now he does whatever whatever he wants (laughs) what I have heard is it wasn't her pressing for ransom money it was someone else who got a hold of it okay so then that's not fair to her we only had I, well, 20 minutes we the, didn't talk about that. No, then. I wouldn't imagine. <laughs> but it's funny, just that attitude was like, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, what's going to bring me down at this point? Yeah, nothing. He, he talked about, uh, did he talk about why he wore uh, 68? No. We didn't we talk about we, that. I'd like to but know, know why. It has something to do with, oh my God, I'm going to get ripped apart for not knowing this exactly. Something about an invasion of, I want to say Prague or the Czech Republic yeah. by... The Soviet Union, mm-hmm. which wouldn't surprise yeah. something about tanks. Oh, got it. He's got it. Jesse's got it. Oh my Yager God, wears the number sixty-eight, <laughs> which he has worn through his entire career in honor of the Prague Spring that occurred in Czechoslovakia yeah. in nineteen sixty-eight, and mm-hmm. his grandfather, who died while in prison. Oh, mm-hmm. oh my God. Mm-hmm. There we go. Thank you. Je- I was, was drowning and you threw me a rubber duck. If you go into the history of Czechoslovakia, especially, but that era, or that area, area, excuse me, uh, where you've got like the former Yugoslavia, you've got the Czechoslovakia, you've got all of these, these little countries that are right in the middle of the push and pull of Europe and the Soviet Union. It is unbelievable, the history that they had. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing that everybody that comes out of there or that, that these people came out of there at all. Like, it's just such a... You can't imagine the, the the difference in the lifestyle that we lived and they lived, and like mm-hmm. you said, seven year old doing a thousands. Yeah, we would we would call that child abuse. Straight Absolutely. up. Absolutely. His I think his dad used to bike to the rink, and he would run beside his dad, and it was like twelve kilometers away or something. Um, yeah, <laughs> I walked twelve kilometers the other day, and I had to tweet about it. I was so proud of myself. <laughs> was it to hatch an egg? Pokemon? I hatched so many eggs. Are you though. playing Pokemon Go? By the way, no. Why not? You're wrong. Uh, <laughs> I've watched people play it. Yeah, I don't know, Christina. It's okay. I'll do it. One for day you. you'll you'll download the time. app and I'm, then you'll be sucked in. I just learned about OVO Fest. OV Vetchkin. Yeah, I'm a little slow on the popular stuff. So let's go right to the press conference here. We have questions. The presser SDP. The Steve Dangle press conference. 
Yeah, one you kind of already answered, but I think you should touch on again. Um, Sarah wanted to know, just any advice for aspiring women in media? Oh, media in general. In media in general. Okay, I would say, oh, the biggest piece of advice I like to give, which is funny because me giving advice, it seems kind of funny. Um, Does it? Yeah. Because it doesn't seem funny to us. It must only seem funny to you. Yeah, I'm all over the place. Okay, I would say if you're doing an internship or you're looking for work, don't necessarily look at a big company or say it's newspapers you want to go to. Don't necessarily just look at the Toronto Star. Look at a smaller market, like a tiny newspaper in the middle of nowhere, because you might get massive opportunity there and get great clippings and sit down with the prime minister because the news guy is sick. The Oakville Beaver. This could happen to you. Yeah. Um, And a lot of times their staff is three or four people. It's the summer. You're getting all the good stories. You're getting great clippings, amazing experience. And then you can go to somebody like a a big paper like the Toronto Star um, with all that under your belt. It's the best thing I ever did as a broadcaster. Best thing I ever did was yeah. move to Halifax, yeah. Yeah, Barry and Halifax and Calgary. And, oh, and Barry, yeah. oh my God, I forgot when Barry, you and you drove to Barry in the banana boat. Yes, I had, had a, a bright yellow Subaru Baja. Wow, people have no idea what that is when you tell a them Baja. Oh yeah, you it's, go a, ahead it's a. My Google parents that. have a Subaru. Do they? Okay, well, it doesn't have Baja imagine either. imagine that Subaru, but with a pickup bed. That's exactly what it was. It was they named just cut after off the, and in yellow. Yeah. yeah, it was named after the reaction most people had when they Did saw the vehicle. Did you get a deal? Uh, no, I wanted one. I, they came out when we were in grade nine, and I said, I will own that car. And really? uh, that was the first car I bought. Yep, and it looked exactly like Different this. Different from most kids. Oh, I like it, actually. See, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I got made fun of I love roundly that. for this car. They, they that used color? that to get it away from Raptors in the first Jurassic Park. It was a too. Wow. It was a great car. I had it for four and a half years, and I barely spent any money. Do they still make these? They do not. They made them for four years and nobody uh, bought them. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, on the screen. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, because it's funny. You, when you move when you move those, to, to those smaller places, you have to. There is no choice. You got to do the big. Exactly. The big things because there's just too many. There's too many stories and not enough people. Yeah, and you learn so much. Like you might learn how to design a newspaper because you have to, you know? That could be useful. Absolutely. You're talking about newspapers a lot, but at any industry really, like any sector of journalism. Uh, Roadkill823 wants to know great name what moment in sports were you most shocked or amazed oh what moment in sports okay Um, I can't remember what grade I was in but big Blue Jays fan growing up I got to stay up and watch Joe Carter (sighs) and I have a Joe Carter jersey it was signed I got it for my birthday award in like every school picture ever Um, yeah when he hit that grand slam that was just Back Nothing. in 1993, we're in a World Series back to Toronto. That's his... I'm old, yeah. Um, I'm that so was glad, it. I'm so glad to find out I wasn't the only kid who wore a jersey in every school picture. Oh, yeah. Right? yeah mine was a knockoff Gilmore jersey. Mine nice. was too. My, well, mine was the, the Devil's Gilmore jersey. Oh! Yeah, I, had a Devil's, I was a Devil's fan because of Doug Gilmore. Yeah, like I was a knock fan, off but... when you're a kid too. Yeah. Mine yeah. still fits me. <laughs> <laughs> like I still have... You need to break that out at some point. Oh, I have. Have you? Yeah. That's so oh, cool. And it's autographed. It's I mean, great. It's... Yes. Yeah. The old color that was I great. I feel like the, yeah, the autograph's really fading, but. Mm. Uh, final question. F scans very broad, but what is the ultimate goal in your career? Ooh, I don't. Well, we know the doc is one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> To retire. Um, <laughs> no, I love my job. Um, if I could cover 
every Olympics ever. That would be, I would do that. That would be a great Rio? goal. No, no. Mm, no. Um, <laughs> Nobody wants to I've been to the last no. three, but yeah, to me, there's nothing. There's nothing better than covering the Olympics. So I guess I'll make it events based and say, yeah, doing that. Can I ask you? Everything we're reading out of Rio is obviously terrible and has been for years. And I feel like the the FIFA World Cup in Qatar might also be the same thing because of all the human rights abuses and the fact that mm-hmm. they are now having to move it six months. So it's in the winter there. So it's not 55 degrees outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's in Celsius for American listeners. Um with in Fahrenheit, um, do, like don't even bother. It's a yeah. ridiculous number. Yeah. Yeah. So for you, looking at these games, if you were going to cover them, mm-hmm. even even covering them from here, which you can do, mm-hmm. what do you think is going to be the thing that they talk about when they talk about the Rio games when they're done? Is it going to be a disaster? Or when the sports start happening, is all that stuff going to fade away? Because we sort of saw that with Sochi. It was like, oh, totally. well, nothing's ready, nothing's ready. And then all of a sudden it became about the sports again. I found Sochi felt like you were in a bubble. And in that bubble was all this, it was sports and it was joyous and it was all these different nations coming together. And it did not feel like, oh, there's a war happening nearby. It didn't, you did not get a sense of the political climate in the least. It was just Olympics. And maybe, I don't know if that's a good thing, but it certainly protected the event. Um, And this time, I don't know, I feel like because it happened in Sochi, it could happen there. Except or for the, you know, the people who are swimming sewage. with their mouths closed. Yeah. But if Michael Phelps goes out and wins all of the medals again, everybody will talk about that. Exactly. Yeah. Usain Bolt broke the record again. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I don't know. It could be. Yeah. It's to be seen. But I don't know. I feel like the sewage could be a, a big problem, or suddenly the water's going to be miraculously clean. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, they better do something. When's the, when's the opening ceremony? Friday. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> you know I, it's, what? It's Sochi, such a shame. I was like, okay, the media showers are kind of yucky. That's not so nice. But you can get past it. Yeah. Like, like those were the stories going into it. Like people will survive. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. With Rio, you got people going, you will get sick. <laughs> yeah, we'll get sick yeah. if you swim in the water. Well, and I, I, I don't, don't know understand. how they're going to get past this one. I don't. I don't understand. And the political stuff behind it is just astounding. The mm-hmm. fact that they had the World Cup and then this, which is both are insanely expensive events that mm-hmm. you never pay off. Like Montreal just finished paying off the Olympics in the seventies. We're in the middle of this random, I think, like five or six year stretch where Brazil and Russia just got everything. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. the world just decided everything will either be in Russia or Brazil, and they're broke. Mm-hmm. Government's yeah. broke. Yeah, the president's about to, or prime minister, or whatever it is, is about to be impeached. Like it's over. Um, like, and that's the that's the weird thing is is that once this is done, um, that's why I kind of look is is Brazil going to fall apart? Like they have no money. They have no money. I don't know if there's a gonna. Like it, it might be it's is already falling. And yeah. it's, and that's what I worry about. You know, there's going to be huge protests and there's, mm-hmm. you know, the Australians just had all their stuff stolen because there was a fire and they evacuated the building. And then whoever went in to put out the fire took everything, mm-hmm. took all their laptops, yeah. took yeah. all their cell phones, took everything. The main sailing platform just fell, fell apart. They got to rebuild it all. So anyways, so her favorite well. thing to do, her favorite thing is the Olympics. <laughs> and what really is in your is. fridge? It really is. <laughs> that's how that started. She's like, it's the best. It but I just like, wonder. Yeah. That's why I asked, though. I wonder if this if this Olympics is going to be one is of those Olympics where it's like, everything? yeah, maybe. maybe. Or they maybe say that every single time. That's and then the thing. That's except for London, they didn't say that about London. That's no, why I'm cautiously optimistic. You know, because it always somehow works out. 
Right. And it, I don't know. My it's friend's just, uh, practicum project was about how the Vancouver Canucks, uh, Vancouver Canucks, the Vancouver Olympics are going to leave the city and province, you know, completely bankrupt and it's going to be a disaster. And Gold they're okay. Oh. Gold medal. By the way, that was the Jurassic, was the Jurassic Park theme song. <laughs> I'm not really sure why you did that. No, but. Wait, what was it? <laughs> oh, I should know this. Oh, the Canadian Olympic music? It played every two seconds. Oh, Ooh. man, that's bad, my memory. <laughs> I did Jurassic Park what a dick. You know what? what that music, dick. listen, I don't blame you. The music's car. majestic. Uh, it it's majestic. Can you uh, on anything? Well, Christina, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. I hope it's been a fun experience. It I hope was it- fun. I was scared, but it's been fun. Are we intimidating? I mean, yeah. I know we're kind of muscly and scary yeah. guys, right? Steve taller and I with our bodies. This is the muscly part. And yeah. the scary part. You guys are taller in person than I thought you'd be. <laughs> All right, just a full disclosure, we were talking about off camera. <laughs> about um, about <laughs> what we get told and you said Christina you said you get you're disarming a mm-hmm, lot mm-hmm. and I, I was saying that uh, people either say that I'm better looking in person or that they thought I was taller <laughs> and and I thought you know people take offense to that but I always think well at least they care enough mm. to think of it at all they're thinking about you right it's nice yeah that's okay <laughs> uh, I have one final question mm. are you going to do more of this sort of thing are you going to do more like podcasts, radio, any TV? I don't know. YouTube? I really think you should. Okay. Because you're the best, Christina. <laughs> Listen. I know, I know you're shy. Um, like, Steve's you're doing this in front of thousands of people because yeah, he thanks, wants to strong Steve. arm you into it. <laughs> That's nice you will have you. fun. That's nice of you. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm open to, I've, I have always said if I have to do things that aren't writing and it, gives me an opportunity to talk to somebody or do an interview or travel somewhere i would never say no you know amazing Mm -hmm. the world is her oyster but don't expect me to brush my hair or anything you know oh i don't okay who cares about that overrated i know overrated um yeah thank you so much for coming out what is your twitter handle just so everybody can follow you um it's at crutherford with two r's crutherford Mm -hmm. so k-r rutherford Rutherford. That's how you pronounce it. Rutherford. Rutherford. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. yeah. K.R. Rutherford. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be. Can we? Can we ask what you? What your stories are going to be in the next month, month and a half? Like, what do you expect to be covering? Oh, good question. Um, Olympics for the next bit, and then probably some golf. The mm-hmm. LPGA Tour is coming to Cambridge next month, and then World Cup of Hockey. <laughs> And Blue Jays, sprinkle in some Blue Jays. And Blue Jays. Um, so we're going to expect... And some holiday. I'm so to be like, sprinkle in the oh, holiday, okay. Too. Are you going to be reporting on that, too, or... No. no okay. No. So to be like, Zika, 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 LPGA, <laughs> switch, Blue switch, Jays. Switch. <laughs> All right, cool. That's good. And World Cup, too? Mm, I don't know. Good question. Oh, yeah. World Cup hockey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I was just thinking, this is soccer? Oh, did I not know? <laughs> <laughs> It'll oh, be interesting wow. to see if Sportsnet can cram it into everyone's head that... You know, World Cup also means hockey. Can we also yeah. make, quickly mention, since we were talking about it before and there was a passionate response from the gallery when Jesse brought it up. Yeah. What do we have? What was just released about the World Cup schedule so today? So Myrtle oh. tweeted out the exhibition oh. schedule for the World Cup of Hockey. And, and and what Toronto arenas will those games be held? <laughs> None of them. So we're hosting. <laughs> so, so let's say Montreal and Toronto are hosting the World Cup. Yes. 
Or oh, is it just Montreal? Toronto? No, I thought no, it was Toronto and Toronto are just, hosting the World Juniors. Oh, just Toronto. Toronto gets the medal round. So, just just Toronto. Toronto. so we're hosting the World Cup. So yeah. it would make sense, like in a World Cup fashion, that it, all the exhibition games are in Toronto. No, they're going on a Globetrotter like tour. <laughs> oh, so, to... so like like the GTA. Like they'll, they'll play some the games. News. Yeah. No, in the, Oshawa, the, Mississauga. The Globe. They're going to. Oh, the Globe and Mail office. No, no, no. They're going to Helsinki, St. Petersburg, Quebec City, Columbus, Ohio, Prague. Sweden, Ottawa. All right. And these are NHL players that have a full season to play and a full World Cup to play. How many yep. games? They love travel. <laughs> so there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine, I'm sure. Seven, In the off-season. Between all the teams, there's 12 exhibition games. So I think each team plays twice. So, six so let me go ahead and... and it's going to be exciting, though. <laughs> oh, it's going to be very exciting. <laughs> yeah. For fans, I think it'll be a delight to watch. <laughs> what are I really you going to do? do? Um, you've, you've talked to him for an hour. Do you think Phil Kessel's actually stoked that he's not going to be part of this? I think he might be yeah. pretty, pretty jacked about it. I think he's all right with it. Yeah. I think he's don't, made peace with it. Don't be surprised if he like tears it up in the first two months of the season. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I just want to point out Team Russia for their exhibition schedule. On September 8th, they'll be in St. Petersburg, Russia, playing the Czech Republic. Then they go to, I just sat here, uh, September 10th, they'll go to the uh, Czech Republic to play Czech Republic in the Czech Republic. Which is kind of a, that's kind of a flight. That's a big flight. It's kind of a flight, but like KHL players have to deal with that. But then, hey, why not on September 14th, throw them in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania? Oh my God! (laughs) So let's do three international flights and have a lot of fun, guys, for practice. This is going to be fun. For practice. I'm really excited. Aeroplane points will get. Oh my God, true. See, always looking at the positive. They need those, yeah. These games mean a lot. So it is Crutherford on Twitter. I'm not going to try. I'm embarrassed. Um, Christina, thank you so much for coming on, and I hope that you'll come back. I hope we haven't thank freaked you. you out. Or, or I had fun. I had fun. Thanks for having me. She has to say that because yeah, you know we're true. live. She'll, okay. she'll yell at us. Don't afterwards. make me talk anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. We'll be back next week before Steve goes to Scotland. Ah, uh, yes, Ooh. yes. And Wait, do we have one more before I go to Scotland? Yes. Uh, your, your wife actually told me we would do. <laughs> She's right. like, you She's have time. Right. And I was like, right. Right. Amazing. I thought this was the last one. Uh, no. It is not. But uh, we will we will cover the rest of the stuff that we've missed there, including an incredible Liberty Village story that we do not have time for today. But we will have... You described it as the Stanley Cup. Uh, th- th- we, Liberty. This Liberty Village thing that we have for your next podcast is the Stanley Cup of Liberty Village shit to happen. That's oh, man. Yeah. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Christina, thank you so much for coming on. And we will be back next Tuesday. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Brought to you by Panago Pizza. Order at Panago.com and stuff your face with deliciousness.